Welcome to the Unapologetically Fueled podcast, where we talk nutrition, identity, performance, and the psychology behind it all. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I am so excited about my guest today. I have a very special guest, Miss Caroline Beard, and she is just so inspirational and her story is beautiful. Um, so I'm super excited to chat with her today about her story and some words of wisdom that she has. So Caroline, would you mind introducing yourself? Yeah, so my name is Caroline Beard. Um, my social media is at Caroline's Fit Life for my Instagram and my TikTok. Um, those are like the main two social media platforms I use. I'm a junior at the University of Pittsburgh and I'm a nursing student there. And I love running and traveling, cooking, faith, just all sorts of fun things. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Pittsburgh is beautiful. Yeah, I really like it there. It's a great city for sure. Yeah. How do you like studying nursing? I love it so much. Oh my goodness. It's, it's awesome. And the nursing school at Pitt is really great as well. Yeah. I've heard great things about that program. Do you have a population that you want to work with? Do you think? Yes, for sure. I definitely want to work with kids. Um, I do work at the children's hospital here and I just love pediatrics so much. Um, definitely that's my passion and I really like more of the acute care kind of hospital setting. So um, I would love to work on a trauma floor when I graduate. So that's that's the goal right now. And I'm hoping to then go back to grad school and be a nurse practitioner, um, staying in the pediatric acute care population. Oh my gosh, you have it all figured out. That is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I feel you so much. I love like clinical work is like all with kids. And I agree. Hospital setting, there's something about like working with kids in the hospital. It's just like, I don't know. It's like some people are called to it. Yeah. I feel you. So part goes out. Now, what did you study in college? Um, I studied psychology and neuroscience, and now I'm a, a PhD student in clinical psychology, but on like a clinical health route. So I'll be like a practitioner for uh, people in more medical based settings. So, yeah. oh, that's awesome. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really interested in psychology. Um, I like to have taken some psychology classes for electives in college, and I think it's really cool as well. Oh yeah. It's so fascinating. And it works out with like every profession, like nursing, like you can use it to help understand people and be more compassionate. Yeah. yeah. I love psychology, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Well, awesome. So Caroline, you are an amazing runner, um, an amazing Thank athlete you. in general. So do you want to share a little bit about your story with like running and athletics? Like what's your background? Like how'd you get into running? Yeah. So I've pretty much been an athlete my whole life. Um, I started playing soccer when I was four because my older sister did it and I just wanted to do everything that she did. So I played soccer for 14 years. So until I was 18, so that was like my main sport growing up, but I also um, really enjoyed basketball, um, dabbled a little bit in swimming and gymnastics as well, but like kind of soccer was my main thing. Like that's what I wanted to do in college. Um, and I was on like a pretty hardcore soccer team in high school did club and, and then, um, my freshman year of high school, all of my friends did cross country and my sister also started doing cross country and track. She was a couple years older than me. So, um, I would always like, you know, hear all about their meets and the, their practices. And it just seemed like they were having so much fun. And I like kind of got FOMO from that. Um, so I was like, you know what, maybe I should try cross country in the fall because it'll, you know, help me stay in shape for soccer. Cause I was a center midfield. So I did a lot of running in soccer games and, um, in high school, soccer was a spring sport cross country was in the fall. So I was like able to do that. So then my sophomore year of high school, I did cross country in the fall, in addition to like still playing club soccer. Um, and I loved it so much. So I decided to quit basketball to do indoor track. And I told my track coach, I said, I'm going to do indoor track, but there's no way you're going to get me to quit soccer. Like spring season will be soccer for me. So in the spring of my sophomore year of high school, I did do soccer in the spring and I missed running so much. I missed track. I missed all my friends. Um, in high school, I was really grateful. I had like amazing coaches, amazing teammates. And so I just missed that so much. So then my junior year of high school, I decided I was just going to do all running and then um, improved a lot my junior year high school and realized I could probably run in college. And so then senior year, you know, kept working hard and was able to run in college. And um, yeah, that's just how I guess running it just kind of 
randomly, I just fell in love with the sport and I really liked how with running, I feel like you get out what you put in and, um, it's just, I don't know, it's something about running. It's just, it's so much fun and just really rewarding, you know, and just, I just love running every day and having a great time with it. Absolutely. No, that is an awesome story. I feel like so I 90% I feel like of runners that I've met who have started running a little bit later in their life came from soccer because you are so aerobically fit from soccer. And so you already have that aerobic yeah. base you go into running. You're like, oh my gosh, I can run really fast. So that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. And I, I agree. Running is so amazing. There's just like the whole, it's a lot different than soccer. You know, like there's not as many uncontrollable variables in running. Yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. Like you get out what you put in and like soccer, like you can't really control whether or not somebody crashes into you and knocks you over, but sometimes, okay. Sometimes that does happen in races and running. Yeah. <laughs> the likelihood is a little bit lower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For sure. And I just think it's, I don't know, just something about like crushing a hard workout with like some friends or like, you know, crossing the finish line at a race. Like it's just such a great feeling and so rewarding. And I just love like getting outside too. And yeah, it's just, it's a great sport for sure. Absolutely. It's such, honestly, it's just such a great form of self-care. Like it really is the yes. only thing that like, if you're like a, I feel like a lot of runners are pretty type A. So like very high achieving, hardworking, go, go, go. It's like a time when you can like quiet your mind and just like, yes. Gen, so yes, for yeah. sure. That's like, my mind just kind of goes blank when I run and I just like, just my Zen time, I which I just, it. it's really, yeah, it's a great part of my day for sure. Zen time. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Um, so what inspired you to go D one running then? So you must've improved quite a bit in the couple of years that you started yeah. running. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I mean, I started running pretty late as I, you know, said, I guess, you know, my sophomore year of high school was when I first started, but it was really my junior year of high school when I kind of fully committed to running. And so I was like, man, you know, I've only had really a year and a half in the sport because COVID canceled most of my senior year. So um, I just felt like I wasn't done yet with running. I wanted to keep training, keep just pursuing running at a high level and just kind of see what my potential was, see where I could go. And I just love, you know, a team environment and really enjoyed racing. And um, I actually was looking at Pitt first just for nursing because they have an amazing nursing school. And then um, I talked to the coach and realized I could run there. And so that just kind of made me even more excited. Um, so I think that kind of I could have gone like to a D2 or D3 school if that would have lined up with nursing. But, um, and I think just my other interests, like I wanted to go to a really big school. I wanted to, um, go to a great nursing school. And so Pitt just kind of lined up great. So, um, I was really grateful to get that opportunity to run D1. It's, it was a great experience for sure. Oh no, that's awesome. That's really cool. That's definitely a God moment. Just like not only the great nursing, but now you get to run there and it's, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. So um, I know that you've shared a bit on your social media platforms that you struggled with fueling and underfueling. So could you share a little bit about your story um, with that aspect of athletics and sports and stuff, especially with like the yeah. high school to college and all that? Yeah. So um, I guess my, I guess my story kind of starts in high, back in high school. Um, I was a big soccer player growing up as, um, as I mentioned, and I just never really like thought anything about my body um, as a soccer player. But then once I started running, I was like, well, you know, I'm just a lot like stronger, more muscular than a lot of these other runners. And, you know, I need to look like a professional marathon runner if I want to get faster, which is just so, so, so not true. And, um, you know, those professional marathoners that you see have been running for like 30 years and they're running 120 miles a week. So me as a high schooler, who just started running and is only running like 30 miles a week. I should not look like that, but I just was very naive. I knew nothing about nutrition, knew nothing about how food affected your health and running performance. So I just thought, well, I need to be thin to be a great runner. And, um, so yeah, I, I really knew nothing about nutrition. I just started not eating as much eating, trying to eat, you know, lower or lower calorie foods. And, um, I thought it would make me a faster runner, which now I'm like, that just makes no sense. How does depriving your body of energy make you healthier or a faster runner? It just, it goes, it contradicts itself. Um, and so then, um, I got pretty underweight in high school and I just thought that that was the only reason why I was improving and running, which also wasn't true because I was working very hard. 
I increased my mileage a bit, you know, as you get more experience, you improve in running. But I just thought the only reason why I was fast was because I was small. And that if I tried to gain weight, then I wouldn't be fast anymore. And I wouldn't be able to run in college. And it just kind of became this like addiction and just a way for me to have control in my life Mm -hmm. and just a way for me to like feel accomplished. And it was just so it's scary to think of how, you know, it happens so gradually over time. And then all of a sudden you're in this really dark place and you don't know how to get out. And I mean, everyone in my life was very concerned about me, my family, my friends, my coaches, but I just kind of brushed everybody off. I said I was fine. I tried to like pretend everything was okay. But I just remember in high school and in college, like every run, every workout, I would just feel so fatigued. And I would just start every race just being like, oh, I should have eaten more today. Like, Mm -hmm. um, it was just, you know, not, not a great time. And I was just trying to barely make it through every run. And, um, I was just, but I was so afraid of change. And so that was really tough for me because I feel like I also did waste a lot of my running career in high school and college, you know, not running to my full potential whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And so then, you know, I really kind of had an aha moment when I was already in college. Um, so as soon as I came to college, my coach, my new coach at Pitt was very, very concerned. The medical staff was very concerned. And then I got a stress fracture in my sacrum, which is a really major injury. And that took me out of running for 10 months. And, um, so then the spring of my freshman year of college, I was told that like, because of my injury and because, you know, I was struggling with food and didn't really want to change that I couldn't be on the team at Pitt anymore. And that just like, you know, blindsided me. I was, I'd worked so hard to be a division one athlete and now it was all taken away from me because, you know, I hadn't changed. And that was just really tough for me to kind of look back and realize that like, I kind of did that to myself that, you know, had I changed and just started eating more, I would have still been on that team and I probably would have never gotten injured. And so that was really tough. Um, it was a really hard time for me. I had to sit with a lot of very uncomfortable emotions, but I, I just remember like the next day after I found out that I couldn't be on Pitt's team anymore, like I just woke up the next morning and I just had this like literally a light bulb moment. Um, I've never had any moment like that in my life ever. It was crazy. I just remember sitting up in bed, like waking up in the morning and thinking like, oh my gosh, like what have I done to my life? Like I'm not living the life God planned for me. Like God didn't plan for me to spend all my days just obsessing over food and wasting all of my time thinking about food and my body. And like, that's not how God intended me to live my life. And I'm just not living to my fullest potential whatsoever. And if I don't change, I'm going to be having health issues for the rest of my life. And so that really inspired me to change. And that was kind of the aha moment for me, for sure. Oh my goodness. That, that's so hard. I just want to like validate that, 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 that is so hard. Like you worked so hard to get to that point in mm-hmm. its team. And then because of underfeeling and because of your injury, you had to, oh my gosh, it's like, on okay. Like sports psychology research says that like, when you go through an injury or a time off of a sport, it's like almost the equivalent of going through the grieving process of like, it really was, it really yeah. was. Yeah. It was definitely like a grieving process, but honestly, like at the moment I was so upset, but looking back, I am so grateful that that did happen. Like, I'm so grateful that the, the coach and the medical staff at Pitt did put my health first. Cause I think there are a lot of college programs that don't do that. So I'm really grateful. Cause I don't think I would have ever changed had I still been on that team. Yeah. So I am really grateful for that. It's really cool how I feel like God can use like moments that are so tough and turn them into something so beautiful and like, so transformative in your life. It truly is so beautiful. Like he does work things, all things out for our good, like Romans 8. Yes. And so that's like, so like, I can literally, like when you're sharing your story, I can see like where God is like, if it's like a little maze or like a little house, like I can see him like opening some doors, like, oh yeah, there's this and then closing this one so that you can become like the healthiest version of you and live into like your fearfully and wonderfully made self that God made you to be. And so I think that light bulb moment, like I'm a huge like proponent of like the Holy Spirit talks in mysterious ways to us. And sometimes it's a moment like that and it just happens. And he's like, Hey, like, let's go. Like, come on, let's live into the beautiful. No, it was amazing. And like, literally I, the only explanation I have for that is just like God working because I kind of knew that something was wrong. 
Um, when I was in high school and college, like I kind of knew that, you know, what I was doing wasn't really healthy, but I was just, again, just that fear of the unknown, like what will happen if I gain weight, what will happen if I change? Um, and so I just remember like every day I would pretty much pray, like, God, can you please give me a healthy relationship with food? And he answered that prayer that day. And like, I had tried to change so many times before, like I'd eat better for a couple of days and then I would slip back into old habits. But like that moment was just God intervening. Cause ever since then, like, I am very grateful that my recovery journey was pretty linear ever since then, Mm -hmm. because I don't know, like, I just felt like he just changed my perspective. And I realized like, you know, I don't want to waste my life away and I'm just not living to my full potential at all. And so I'm just really grateful for that. Oh, that is like, I literally have like goosebumps right now. Like, that's awesome. Thank you. Oh, I love that. And that's like, so, I mean, that's so true because change is so hard, especially in recovery, especially when the neural pathways have been established for so long. Yeah. I mean, God in like the Bible, like Romans 12 too, it says like, be like transform your mind to be like Christ. And so if we pray about that, like he's going to do it and you just have to like trust the process, but like on, like you have to get comfortable with like breaking those old behaviors first that yeah into his potential. And so I think that's really cool how you recognize how he like put those like new thoughts in your mind because it's such a true concept. So, yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And like, once I kind of made that decision to recover, Mm -hmm. um, I started meeting with a registered dietitian who really helped me. Um, she was just instrumental in my recovery journey. Like she just kind of helped me figure out. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, I want to change, but like, where do I start? This is so crazy. And she just really helped break everything down for me. Um, was just so encouraging. Like, and she actually, I found out later is also a Christian. And I just really do feel like God put her in my life to help me change because yeah, I would not be here today without my dietitian. And that's something that I you know, recommend so much. I get a lot of messages of people asking like, how do I change? Where do I start? And I think meeting with a registered dietitian who does specialize in eating disorder treatment is so helpful. Um, that helped me so much because it is very hard. There's, you know, when you've been under fueling for so long, it's hard to kind of figure out how do I start? And that's just like a great place to go for sure. Absolutely. Registered dietitians are fantastic. You have to make sure you get the right one though. Like I said, like, like you said, um, getting somebody who specializes in eating disorders or, mm-hmm. uh, red S because some dietitians who are just focused on more of like a geriatric population or like a diabetes population, they're going to have different, yeah. uh, education, but meeting with a registered dietitian, they can refer you to somebody that specializes in disordered eating. And that's like, yes, super, um, that's super helpful. So Absolutely. So when you did decide to like recover and meet with your dietitian, did you have any other support from any other sort of teams like a counselor or um, like a sports medicine doctor? Did you have to take time off of exercising and what support did you uh, get from that? Yeah. So I was really grateful. Um, My dietitian, she kind of also, I feel like doubled as like a therapist for me, which was like really awesome. She was just always there for me to, to talk about anything. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, and, you know, I, I tried seeing other dietitians in the past. Like my parents had tried to take me to other ones, um, that I just didn't click with, but I just really clicked with her. So she kind of doubled as like my dietitian and therapist. And then my parents were just incredible. Um, they are like just two of the people I'm closest to in my life. And they are, they've been there for me since day one and were just always there for me. So I was really grateful for their support as well. And, um, at the time that I like made that decision to recover, I was still injured. So I, um, in total, I took like 10 months off of running. And most of those months were also like either no exercise or like very, very little exercise, like just like 30 minutes of walking or like really light swimming. Um, so that I I guess kind of lined up that, you know, during my recovery, I also was injured. So I wasn't exercising really at all. And then, um, about two months into recovery, I would say, was when I got the MRI that my hip was healed, my stress fracture was fully healed. So that's when I started slowly working back into running for me. And I feel like I am really grateful that I did have a sport because that was a huge motivator for me initially during recovery. I just wanted to recover because I knew that if I didn't recover, like I wouldn't be healthy. I wouldn't be able to run again without constantly getting injured. And so, um, 
I just remember thinking like, I don't care what my body looks like. If I can just run and do the sport I love and be a happy person, like that's what really matters. Um, I realized like, that's what matters in life. It's not like what your body looks like. It's what you're able to do with your life. And so, um, running really did help me with my recovery. And I feel like now, um, I like, I didn't recover just for running now, you know, I recovered so that I can just live to my fullest potential and just be the best version of myself. Um, but yeah, running was definitely a great motivator for me. Cause I, I knew that if I didn't recover, I would get another stress fracture and it would be just not fun at all. For sure. No, that's, that's so beautiful. And like, yeah, you just like recovery is not only just like for your sport, it's like a huge motivator. And at the same time, like in order to be the best pediatric nurse, like you have to be able to smile for the kiddos and you don't want to pass out when you're on a clinical rotation or anything like, yeah, no, that's awesome. And so taking time off of exercise must've been difficult, but probably so Mm -hmm. worth it in the end. Yeah, it definitely was hard for me. Um, I've just always loved like just being active, whether that's just going for a walk or running or swimming. Like that's just always been a huge part of my life. My family also just enjoys like active outdoorsy activities. So it was definitely hard for me to just literally sit on a couch every day (laughs) for 10 months. But I think it also just made me so much more grateful now that I am healthy and running again. Um, it's really like opened my perspective for sure. Like what a gift it is to be able to run every day. Cause I remember when I couldn't. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is truly amazing thing. I hear a lot of, you know, um, runners and run coaches and sports psychologists say like, don't, when you get up in the morning, if you have to go for like an early run or something, you're just like, Oh, do I have to go for a run? Say, no, I get to go for a run because if you couldn't run this morning, you would be sad and you would feel defeated. So really just like reframing that thought of like, Oh, I'm grateful. I get to run. And it's just, it's a huge it's yeah. So yeah, that's cool. So I guess like some other mindset shifts, um, going along with that, what are some shifts in your mindset that you had to kind of adapt to when you were recovering that maybe some of those like challenges, like saying like, Oh, I can only eat clean or I can't have this because it doesn't have like sugar or whatever it is. Like what, how did you navigate those and like reframe your thoughts around that? And how has it helped you today now? And like, um, yeah, So I feel like, um, one of the, just the biggest mindset shift in general was just, um, that like, I wasn't living the life that God had planned for me. And I knew that God had so much bigger things for my life than like, um, just spending my days focused on food. And so that was a big, just mindset shift for me is like, I'm going to now live the life that God has planned for me. And I feel like with regards to food, I just started seeing all food as energy and fuel for life, because at the end of the day, all food has calories and calories are units of energy. So therefore all food is energy. And so like, whether you're eating a piece of pizza or an apple, like both of those are providing energy for your body. And so like, I just kind of started seeing all food as the same. And obviously like you want to have balance in your life. You know, you don't want to be eating McDonald's three times a day, every single day. You want to make sure you're eating fruits and vegetables, but Um, that was just a huge mindset shift for me, just seeing that like all food is going to fuel me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I am at a friend's house and it's their birthday and we're having birthday cake, like that is still going to give me energy. Your body just doesn't like, you know, eat a piece of cake or a piece of pizza and be like, Oh, this is terrible. Like, no, your body is still able to break down that food for energy. And so like, um, that really helped me to have balance in my life and to just overcome kind of those fear foods, like just realizing that they're just energy, like nothing bad's going to happen. If you eat them, it's the same as eating any other type of calories. Like you're just eating energy. So I think that was really helpful for me. And just knowing that like, um, your mental health is really connected to your physical health. And so if you are restricting all these different foods from your diet, like that's going to impact your mental health. And it's also going to impact your physical health. And so just, um, I feel like looking at things from a very like logical perspective really helped me and being a nurse, like learning about nutrition, learning about how your body works. Like that has helped me so much. I feel like with food, like seeing that, wow, like your stomach, you know, releases digestive enzymes anytime you eat. So it's going to digest all the food that you're eating. Like, um, I feel like that's just been helpful for me as well. Yeah, no, those are really, really great tips. Like 
y'all got that because those are beautiful. Like that's absolutely, that's super helpful. So, and it's true. Like, I mean, if you eat, okay, like quinoa, maybe it has different nutrients than cookies, mm-hmm. but like your body's going to use the energy the same way. So like it really, exactly. yeah. Like, yes, you could, like, if you're, you know, late at night studying, whatever I, me, I will snack on like cookies or like whatever, like sometimes I'll snack on almonds, sometimes I'll snack on fruit, but like, I will always have two desserts a day. And that's just my thing. And I'm like, you know what your body uses it as energy. And it's like, your body can't tell the difference between glucose from a piece of rice versus glucose from an Oreo. And it's just like, exactly. <laughs> yes, for okay. sure. And I feel like when for me, like looking at things logically, like, like you were saying with the glucose, like your body looks at it the same way and just not letting your emotions or your fears, like get in the way of that logic is just so helpful for sure. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, we, I mean, when we're old and we're looking back at our life, we're not going to be like, oh my gosh, like I'm so proud of myself for eating all perfect whole grains, whatever it is. It's going to be like, I'm so glad I ate all of the cake that I wanted to and all the glucose that went into my body. It made me happy mentally too. And so it's like, that's what we want to look back on. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And like just creating all those memories too with your family. I know like your friends and yeah, it's awesome. Exactly. It's, it's really cool. Um, so now I guess now that you're recovered and in such a good place, how do you make sure to like fuel your body adequately with like the really high training volume that you do and working? Like, do you still work with a dietitian? How do you manage that? Yeah. So I actually, I don't work with a dietitian anymore. Um, my dietitian actually moved. Um, but I also just felt pretty confident in, um, in how I was fueling. But I would say for now, like right now, how I make sure that I'm fueling enough is I just always make sure whether I'm eating like any meal has all the food groups in it. So making sure I'm getting in a source of carbs, a source of protein, a source of fat, and then either like a fruit or vegetable in every single meal. And then also just making sure to eat snacks in between all of my meals and also a snack before I go to bed. That has helped me so much to make sure I'm just fueling enough. Um, and yeah, eating before every workout, eating afterwards, um, making sure to pack snacks too has been really helpful for me. Just being busy in nursing school, um, working 12 hour shifts sometimes at the hospital. Like I always have, you know, a granola bar and like other, just like things that are easy to pack, easy to keep in your bag. They're not going to go bad during the day. Like even just having like sandwiches or even just packing like overnight oats as a snack. Like I think people sometimes, think that like a snack has to be like an apple or like carrots and hummus or like a granola bar, which like it can be, but also like, I like to kind of see snacks as just like, you can have any food as a snack. Like you can have a sandwich as a snack. Um, and so, yeah, I think just packing, making sure I'm packing food, meal prepping, fun recipes, like energy bites or like muffins, like the things that I post on my account. Um, I think just always having a lot of food on hand has been helpful for me. So then when I'm hungry, I always have things to eat. Um, and just making sure I'm eating every few hours is also super helpful for me. Um, so yeah, that's just how I guess I keep up with my training load and everything, just making sure to balance all the food groups and eat a lot of food and just not being afraid to eat because that food that you're eating is how you're going to perform at a high level in your sport. And you like, you cannot reach your fullest potential if you're not eating enough. Like how much you eat is directly correlated to your performance. So I think that just remembering that, um, and that you're probably going to eat more than your friends that aren't athletes. Like you're definitely going to eat more than them. And that's totally okay because, you know, they might not be eating as much as you, but they probably can't run as fast as you. So just like remembering that, that it really, no one cares how much you're eating. So just make sure to like fuel yourself so you can live your best life. Yes, exactly. I love that because, okay, the emergency snack thing, like that is so true and is so helpful. Like if I'm going out for the day, I pack so many snacks because you never know, like when you're going to get hungry. Yeah. It's so, I mean, that's super helpful because a lot of people are like, oh, I can pack like, you know, the portions of like meals and snacks that you have like three meals and then snacks throughout the day. So I'm eating every few hours. You could do that. But it's like, also, what if you get hungry between those snacks or between those meals? Like you still want to feel your body. So always having snacks on hand. That's great. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, well, cool. Um, did you ever struggle with like Okay. So you did say that you struggled with a sacral stress fracture, which was really hard, but after Mm -hmm. that, have you ever struggled with any injury or overtraining that you had to navigate or has it been pretty 
smooth from um, after recovery? Yeah, so I feel like it's been pretty smooth. Um, ever since I've come back from my stress fracture, I have had a little bit of tendonitis in that same hip just because I feel like it's still getting used to all the all the training again, but that's been really good. Um, for the past few months, I haven't really had any issues with that. Um, but yeah, so far, no other stress fractures other than that one in my sacrum. Um, I've been pretty conservative, I guess, with my training. Like I do a little bit lower mileage than some distance runners. Um, obviously low mileage is all relative, but compared to other college runners in college, I do run a little bit lower mileage and I cross train a lot to kind of make up for that. Cause then you're still getting the aerobic benefits without all the impact on your body. So that's been really great for me. Um, swimming, biking, elliptical, aqua jogging. Um, I like to incorporate that into my training to kind of avoid overtraining. Um, and, but yeah, I, I think I haven't really struggled much with overtraining now because, um, I feel like I've just learned a lot from that injury and don't want that to ever happen again, because, you know, my stress fracture, I was definitely overtraining a little bit as well. I was taking my easy runs way too fast, but I think the stress fracture was mainly just from not eating enough. Um, but ever since then, you know, I do really, really emphasize taking my easy runs easy so that you can go hard on your hard days. That's another really big thing for preventing injury. And yeah, I was just make sure to kind of listen to my body and, um, that's just been really helpful for me. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. That makes me so happy to hear that. It's been like, so, I mean, smooth sailing since recovery. And yeah. Stuff. Knock nope. on wood. I'm hoping yeah, it stays that way because my cross country season is about to start and this will be my first healthy cross country season in three years. So I am really looking forward to it. Yay. That's so, yeah. so hopefully, that. hopefully it'll all go well. Oh, I say injury free. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you're, it's going to go great. I'm going to just like send all the good vibes, all the prayers your way. Thank Um, you. Anyone listening right now, send Caroline all your good vibes, your support, everything, because it's going to go great. I'm super excited to hear how it goes. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. And I think cross training is so important too, because like, it's just as effective on your cardiovascular system. And it's like, if it's preventing you from getting injured, then it's going to be, I mean, it's beautiful. Like I couldn't see why people would be, I mean, I get why some people are like, Oh, cross training. Like I'd rather run the miles, but it's like, you're still getting that time. Like your body knows that distance. And so if you're doing 60 minutes of cross training one day, instead of a 60 minute run, your body's still getting the benefits. And it's such a great way to prevent injury for sure. Yeah, for sure. And like, for me, like right now, like I'd love to be running 60 miles a week instead of 40, but you know, I just want to go slow and steady, kind of very slowly building up into things because I think the way I always look at it is like, it's better to hold back now and like, you know, slowly and steadily get to your destination than like trying to go too fast then getting another injury then trying to come back. Like it's better to just very gradually build up. And then that way you'll be able to do more later because you won't be injured. Absolutely. That is a very smart runner we have on here. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Definitely had to learn the hard way to get to this point, but, um, I'm glad like I've been able to learn from all my mistakes in the past. Yeah, absolutely. So now how, I guess like now that you're recovered and um, you're doing so well and you make sure to fuel properly, what do you do when you experience setback or hardship as an athlete now, or just in general, like in school or um, nursing or anything, like how do you deal with that? And how is like recovery and almost like inspired you or taught you how to cope with that? Um, what are some advice that you have yeah. for people who are struggling with when things aren't going according to plan? Yeah. So I think that like this experience has really showed me like just that God has a plan and like to trust in him and that he's going to work all things out for our good. And, um, there might be things that happen in your life where like, I don't think God really intended for me to have an eating disorder. You know, it's not a great thing, but God used that for so much good. Like he can take any situation you're in right now and just use it for an amazing plan. And just like trusting that, trusting the process, like trusting God's plan. Cause like recovery, when I first committed to it, it was definitely scary. Um, but then looking back, like it was so worth it. And just knowing that like, yes, it's going to be hard but it's so worth it. And like, God has a plan and you're going to look back and see how like God was really working. And for me also being told I couldn't compete on Pitt's division one team at the end of my freshman year of college, that was so hard for me. I mean, that took me really like 
months to get over. And I was just, I just remember thinking like, why is this happening to me, God? But now looking back, that was the best thing that could have happened to me because that was what, that was the catalyst for my recovery. And I feel like um, as much as I miss running division one, now that I run club, it's also enabled me to get more involved in my church and to get more just involved in other areas of my life, have a little bit more balance and just do things and experience things that I never would have been able to do if I was on the team still. Um, And so just looking back, I can just really see that God does have a plan. I think that helps me now. Anytime I am going through a tough time, just knowing that God has a plan um, because he's done it before and he's going to do it again. So I think that overcoming that injury, overcoming my eating disorder, like that really gave me the confidence, just knowing that God um, really has a plan and can just work through anything. And um, yeah, I would just say for the, the advice for other people is just, again, to just remember that it's all going to work out. It's all going to be worth it. You know, it might be hard in the moment. There's going to be tough times, but it is truly all going to be okay. And also knowing that there is more to life than just a sport And that was something I really learned through my injury process as well, because before I got that stress fracture, like in at the end of high school and like beginning of college, like running was really my entire life. Um, And now running is a big part of my life, but I just recognize that there is so much more to our world and to life outside of sport. And I found so many other passions outside of running. And now I'm so passionate about nursing and just like Um, yeah. So just to remember that you're not defined by your sport or your athletic abilities, that there's so much more to life. And like God's plan is so much bigger than just a sport. And there's so many other ways that you can contribute to the world and to have fun and to enjoy yourself. Like running isn't, or whatever sport you do, like that's not all there is. And it's okay to have that be a big part of your life, but just to remember that it shouldn't be your entire life. Yeah, absolutely. We are humans first and, um, yes. athletics, it adds, it's supposed to add to our life, not take, not take away from it. And so I think mm-hmm. that's super important. So, yeah, that's so good for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you. And I think, I think it's so cool how God like opens and closes doors and like he uses hardship for good. Like you were saying, like he doesn't intend for us to go through this stuff, but he always brings good out of it. So yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. So what other advice would you give to athletes who maybe feel like they're overtraining, burnt out or under feeling? Um, what are some of the biggest things that you would biggest piece of advice that you would give to those? Yeah. So I guess just like some tough love. Um, it's going to catch up to you every single time. And I was in those shoes. I remember in high school, like thinking, like knowing that I wasn't, that was, you know, I wasn't quite healthy. I was underweight, but I just remember thinking, oh, it's okay. Like, I'm not going to get a stress fracture. Like, you know, growing up, I never really had major injuries when I was a kid in doing soccer. Like so many of my teammates would get concussions or tear their ACL and I never really got injured. And so I just thought I was invincible, but just knowing that it will catch up to you every single time. And um, I have friends who've struggled with similar things and they have also gotten injured. Like, your body will break down. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, um, because when your body is not getting the energy it needs, it starts breaking down your muscles and bones to get energy. And so like, you're going to get injured. So just, if I can encourage people out there, just please don't make the same mistakes as me. Um, cause it did, it really hurts to have my, you know, division one career kind of taken away from me. And I just don't want that to happen to anyone else. And, um, just know that it's going to be hard to recover. It's not going to be easy every day, but it's going to be so worth it because you want to prevent these injuries before they happen. Because when they do happen, it's really hard to be out of your sport for such a long time and to just not be able to really live your life the way you want to. And um, so, yeah, just, I guess my advice is just, you know, you, you got to put in the work now, you got to fix um, the fueling and the overtraining just to avoid injuries in the future because recovery might be hard, but it's not going to be as hard as getting a stress fracture. Like that's going to hurt more. So, um, and just knowing that like, it's okay to rest and eat a lot of food. Um, and just knowing that like, there's so many people out there who have overcome eating disorders. And so you can do it too. And I think for me, when during my recovery, like seeing all of these other athletes on social media who have overcome eating disorders or who have had the same injury as me, like Molly Seidel is like probably one of my biggest inspirations in life. 
um, because she had the same injury as me and like, look at her now. And so, um, I think just like seeing that other people have done it too, and just, this has been really inspiring for me and just knowing like that you are so much stronger than you think you are and that like your body just does so much for you. So it just, it deserves that food and that rest and that like all of the best athletes do rest. So yeah, just knowing that like eating more and sometimes training less is like, that's going to make you better in the long run for sure. Absolutely. Literally and figuratively. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, that's, that's so beautiful. I really, really want to emphasize that like, it's not, if it's when like your body will break down and mm-hmm. um, it does catch up with you because it's smart. And so you really, yeah, it's okay to rest. It's okay to fuel. Right. And especially when you're injured, you need to fuel more and just it's yeah it saddens me to see so many people on social media who are like oh I'm not gonna feel as well because I'm injured and not as active it's like no 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 your body's using so much energy right now telling you that injury but you were probably under feeling in the first place so like your body needs a lot of food so yes for sure like I remember my dietitian telling me when I was injured like your body is literally like rebuilding a bone right now like it needs so much energy so just remembering that that your body like exercising is not the only way that your body burns calories. Like just literally your brain thinking your heart pumping, like your digestive system working like that uses up so much more energy than you think it does. And so even if you're not running, your body still needs a lot of fuels just like to just stay alive. And so like, it's just, yeah, it's always important to fuel your body for sure. Like whether you're an athlete or not, everybody needs fuel. And so I think like, that's definitely something to emphasize for sure. Exactly. Like our athletics takes a smaller amount of energy per day than does our organ systems functioning. Like we think that because I mean, like, yes, we do have to fuel a lot as athletes because like we use a lot of energy, but at the same time, like most of that energy comes from our internal organ systems working. And so yes, we're adding to that as an athlete, but you need to make sure your feelings on top of it, like at base rate before you add an exercise and like add in more. Exactly. Yes, for sure. Oh, that's awesome. So what inspired your social media and what do you hope to promote on it? Yeah. So I, um, I started my social media actually my senior year of high school. So a long time ago. Um, and at the time I just was like posting different recipes that I was making because I just started, started really getting into cooking and like enjoying mm-hmm. making fun recipes. So that's how it started. And at the time I was not in a good place with food or exercise. And so Um, I definitely think some of the content that I posted was probably triggering um, me not knowing it at the time, because I thought that what I was doing was that's like, that's what good runners are supposed to do. This is how good runners are supposed to eat. Like I thought I was helping people, but um, definitely was not. And so um, I kept my social media throughout college. And that was very instrumental for me during my injury when I couldn't exercise at all. I did you know, cook more and just put more effort into my social media and just connecting with people and other runners, other college students, like that really helped me a lot. Just having that community and that support. Like I remember when I got injured, just the outpouring of support and advice and just love that I received, like I literally was just incredible. And so that was just so helpful for me during my injury recovery and my eating disorder recovery, just having this like creative outlet was so helpful. And then now that I am on the other side of everything, I use this social media account just to promote proper fueling, just promote love and kindness and just share my passions and just help other people avoid the same mistakes as me. And it's honestly been incredible. I just feel like God has really worked so much through this social media account. Um, Just the amount of messages I've received from people saying how much I've changed their life and like inspire them to recover or, you know, seeing me come back from my injury has like, you know, helps them realize that they can do it too. And it's just like incredible. The messages I get every day, just like, it's just so, so, so beautiful. Just seeing that, you know, God has used my, my hard times and my mistakes to like help other people. So that's like really what I hope to promote today is just like promote fueling to live your best life because like we were made to thrive. You don't want to just be surviving and like, barely getting through the day. Like you want to be really thriving because life is so short and like I, there's nothing more I hate than like guilt and regret. And I know that like, I still feel a lot of guilt and regret knowing that like I wasted three years of my life, not eating enough. And I like wasted part of my running career. And I just know I'm like, man, if I feel this guilt from three years, like imagine what I would feel if I spent the rest of my life, you know, 
wasting my potential. Like, um, so yeah, I think just with my social media, I just want to promote to like eat a lot of food and live your best life. And just like, um, yeah, that food is fuel. And I just really hope to, to help kind of change the culture among the running community and just help a lot of young runners know that like your body is supposed to change throughout life and like, you've just got to fuel it. And yeah, I guess that's, that's pretty much the end of my tangent, but I'm just really passionate about helping other people and all that stuff. Cause I know that like when I was in high school, I would have loved to have an account like this to motivate me. So I just hope I can like be the advice that I wish my younger self had. And you are succeeding at that. Like your account is that was beautiful. Like you are inspiring so many and impacting lives of so many people. Like you guys, if you, you probably follow her, but like, if you don't like go to her page and just check out not only her recipes, which are super nourishing and delicious. And oh my gosh, I think I made like what your mint chocolate something the other day. It was so good. (laughs) I love your recipes. So go check those out. But also just like the content she posts, everybody like it's so wonderful and inspiring and helpful. And if you are struggling with underfueling, like see how a, how somebody who has overcome underfueling fuels their body and see what advice they have, like go check out her page because it's so, it will really help you. And you are impacting the lives of so many. So thank you. Yeah. Also. And then you also recently started a big dog run club, which is cool. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to like touch on what that is a little bit? Yeah. So, um, the other incredible thing that's come from social media is the amount of friends that I've made from all over the country, which is insane. Like I have friends in almost every state now I feel like, which is just so cool. Um, so some of the friends that I've met, um, so Kylie, who is, um, at Kylie run smiley and then Ashley, which is at Ashley Corcoran and then Kate at Kate's daily eats. Those are three of my best friends that I've met through this account. And all three of us have kind of been through, similar stories. Like all of us have different stories, but they're also, they share a lot of similarities. So I've just gotten really close with them over the past couple of years. And we met up this summer, um, in Massachusetts, which is where Kylie lives. And I just literally, Kylie and I were in the car. We were driving to pick up Kate from the train station because she was coming in. And we even just started talking about how all of us have gone through similar things and, the ideas just started flowing and all of a sudden we were like, why don't we like make an account together? Like big dog run club. Cause one of the, like, um, I guess quotes that we all love to say is big dogs got to eat. Like you got to eat if you want to be like a big dog and like a good athlete and just like good person. And so we just thought, why don't we make an account where all four of us can like come together and share our different ideas. And, you know, Kylie and Ashley are business majors, Kate's dietitian, I'm a nursing major. So all of us can like just collaborate and like create something. And so we just decided to like start it for fun and um, just kind of use it to promote the same things. We just promote proper fueling as an athlete and just fueling to live your best life. And so it's been really fun to have us all collaborate on this project. And yeah, it's just, it's been really cool. So if you want go follow at Big Dog Run Club. Um, if you want to see more content related to, I guess, food and fueling for all the listeners out there. Oh, yeah. I love that so much. That's so cool. You were just like in the car and then it just happened. I love the best ideas come during that time. So yes, really for sure. Oh yeah. Their content is so great. So go follow big dog run club because you will not be disappointed. It's a great group of people and some great content. So thank you. Awesome. Okay. So for some fun closing questions now, what is your go-to morning routine and breakfast food? Yeah. So my go-to breakfast food would definitely be oatmeal hundred percent. Um, I usually like to add some protein powder and frozen fruit and then nut butter. Like that's just my go-to. So I love like chocolate, peanut butter, banana oatmeal, or like blueberry, almond butter, oatmeal, like just any sort of combination with fruit and nut butter just is amazing. So that's what I love to start my day with. Um, it's pretty much oatmeal. And usually if I don't have clinical, I like to get up have some breakfast and then go for a run in the morning. Cause I just love being out in the mornings. The weather's cooler and it's just such, I don't know, I'm a morning person. So I love running in the morning, but if I do have clinical, then I will quick eat my breakfast and head out at 6am to get to my clinical shift. Cause we start very early in the morning. So I guess, it, yeah, it kind of depends on whether I'm in clinical or um, whether I don't have clinical, 
but yeah, always starting my day off with a good breakfast, that's for sure. And then um, either heading into the hospital or starting my run and then I'll just get on with the rest of my day. Awesome. Yeah. Clinicals start so early. So it's like, you definitely yeah. <laughs> up and go running at 4am sometimes not the best. Decision. Yeah. So when I have clinical, <laughs> I always will run afterwards because, yeah. um, for me, I'm, I'm a morning person, but I usually don't like getting up any earlier than 5am. So, yeah. um, if it's, if I have to get up earlier, then I'll just move the run to the evening. And honestly, like sunset runs, I've really, they've been growing on me lately. Like before I came to college, I would never run in the afternoon or evening, but now like that college is, you know, crazy schedules. Like I've learned to adjust and adapt and like be flexible. And honestly, sunset runs are pretty good. Not as good as morning runs, but I do enjoy them. Yeah, they are beautiful, but I, I agree. I'm a morning person too. And like a sunrise run is just like, it hits so different. It's beautiful. Yes. And there's just something like you literally feel like you can take on the world when like you come back and it's only 8am and you've like just finished, you know, a great run or a workout. You're like, Oh my gosh, like, this is awesome. You just feel so powerful. I feel like, I know it's amazing. I it's the best feeling in the whole world. Like even like research shows, I always bring in like psych research on this podcast, but like, that's just like, you know what I'm doing, but like, it's like shows that like, even after you run, so like even 30 minutes of aerobic exercise, um, but specifically running in general, it actually increases, uh, like the neural activation in areas of your brain that are responsible for like creativity and processing and productivity. So uh-huh. people who do run in the morning tend to be, uh, re- based on research, more productive, um, in their jobs yeah. and more compassionate, more, it's very, it's so cool. And it's no, like- I totally feel that. Like, I feel like I'm the best version of myself once I like, you know, get in my morning run and then go on with the rest of my day for sure. Yeah. Like, oh, the day I feel like just doesn't feel complete until I run. So I love starting my day off with that. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Puzzle, awesome. Well, thank you again, Caroline, for being on this episode. And I will link all of her social medias below. You can go follow those, including Big Dog Run Club. And I hope you guys took in all this wisdom because there's just so much. So just go give her a follow. Um, you will not be disappointed and um, hear more of her story and her delicious recipes. But thanks again, Caroline. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun getting to talk. Oh my goodness. Uh, Of course.